welcome to the Team Fighter Bomb Show. This is episode 86 of the program. This is not a mullet. This is just how my hair naturally grows. My hair naturally grows longer in the back first. And then the rest comes in. The back is always longer than the front. So I have a natural mullet. I don't know what you call that. It's a natural one, though. It's like being a natural blind, except for when it comes to being a little bit of a redneck. I am not a, I am a redneck. Not really. See, that's why I hesitate to say that phrase, because it's a mean, slanderous slang word for whites, for white people from the Southern Bible Belt of the beautiful United States of not Europe. And anyway, so I just wanted to give you a little bit of a background on why my hair is so long in the back. It's because it grows that way. It's not because I went to the barber shop and said, Hey, I want to look like a redneck. You can't pronounce a CH at the end because that's how it's a fit. You got to say redneck. I'm a redneck. It's the neck. It's the, it's the harsh CH sound at the end that offends Rednez. It's like retard. You gotta say it uh, without the the hard R. People, is that what they say? They say tard. They just go, he's a, he's a little bit tarded. He's a little bit of a tardo. The hard R offends retards. Actually, that's what I mean. Don't say it with the hard E. That's what sounds offensive. When you say a retard that's offensive but if you just say retard that's like oh i'm driving a truck let me hold down let me pull down the lever let me pull down the retarder the tardo lever i don't know because you could say retard but if you say retard you're kind of being a douche what did i say retard that just means you just mean okay something's slowing down like if you say you know, we got a retard. We got to retard the taxes on the rich people because they're paying too much taxes. The rich people are paying too much. You know, I don't need the headphones, you know. I kind of like showing off the mullet. And now that I got the mullet going in full glory, I'm past the awkward stage of where I just have kind of long hair. Now I got a full-fledged look going with the mustache and the soul patch so i might as well let my freak flag fly because <laughs> it doesn't look that good man it doesn't look like it looks very that's that's why i wear the headphones that's why i wear the headphones because it kind of hides how uh ridiculous it looks you know man they did not look did not look nobody that has like hair like this man like you know man you know like, what is this even the beatles they got a haircut after it got this long before it got this long to be a little bit more to you know matter of fact they got a haircut before it even got this long this is not even appropriate if you're in the beatles and i don't, last time i checked i am not in the beatles and i i check all the time i check all the time if i am i in the beatles wait was that me am i am i still in the beatles or am i was i ever i was never in the beatles that's a question that I ask myself a thousand times a year. It's like, okay, I'm not in the Beatles, so that rules out a lot of things I can't do anymore. I would like to be doing. I can't. I'm not on the Beatles. Also, I was never in the Beatles. Why is that a question they ask yourself so often? Well, because 
You never know. How many lifetimes have you lived? A lot. Most people have lived a thousand lifetimes before they're in this one. This body is just one container for the soul. Speaking of souls, by the way, welcome to the... Thank you for tuning in to the show, Graham. We've been doing this a while. I'm very naturally gift... Well, not naturally gift. I'm very used to being good at this because cause I've been good at it since I first started. But now I'm so good at it that I'm making it look that anybody could just do this and yeah. Anyway, but thanks for watching. I'm very nice and and, uh, and likable to the audience because see a lot of YouTubers they they smile they 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 talk in a nice soft voice to their audience because they care about the end result of the person they care about the person watching. <laughs> And that's like, why would you... Okay, that's like work. So you're just doing that as a job. So you have a little job where you smile like, Okay, uh, hey guys. Thanks for watching my channel. I love that you guys are here. Anyway, today I'm going to teach you how to string a guitar from the Baroque period. If you're into... Hey, if you happen to be in the 1600s and you have a Baroque guitar, which is the only guitar that exists, because it's this 1600s, we just call them guitars. Here's how you string a new one. You First you have to kill a horse. You have to kill a horse and then extract his gelatin from its hooves. You boil it in a, in a, in a cauldron for about four hours. Then you skim off the top. Then you mold that into fiber. Now you mold that into like a thing in the nylon. I don't know where nylon... I don't know where they got strings. In the 1916s. I don't know where they got strings. But anyway, YouTubers, they talk, they feel like, okay, here's the point of this video. It's the whole point of this video is something that you actually searched for and are see, like, you actually want to know what, it, like, that's like most YouTube videos are like that. It's like, okay, how do I use this plugin? How do I. What's the short, like, how, what's an easy way to do this thing that I want to do in this program? Just look that up, and then it, it skips to the part that you actually want to see. And then you go, okay, I got it. And then you click out of it, and you never see that person again. That's what most YouTubers do. They go, I'm going to solve a problem for people. Random people on there that don't care about me. But if you do it enough, they will start caring about you for some weird reason. Like if you're just a YouTuber that just puts out like, okay, here's a music theory course. Here's a little, here's a bunch of song. Like if you if you do things in a series, people will initially click on you just for your content. But as you slowly develop and as they get used to you, they will grow this relationship. You know, this pro. This, uh, I forget the word for it, but this they, they like you. They, they decide that, okay, I like him for more than just his content. I like him now as a person because of his content. Because it's like trans... Like, all of a sudden, I don't do that. I don't give a crap about content. I give, I'm only um, a person. And I don't care if you like me. I don't care. Not you personally. The person you know that I'm, is watching... 
See, that's the thing. I don't try to be likable, and that's my niche is um, that I don't have a niche and that it's bad. So I'm like the op- I'm like an anti-hero of, of YouTube. So anyway, that's what I got started talking about. And also, and I don't know why I'm going there. I don't know why I'm lingering on there, but I'm done talking about that. So can we move on? I don't have a niche. This is not a video that's going to be like dissected and cut up and, and promoted for CO for S for CEO purposes. So you could Google, how do I tune a ukulele? That's so boring. Like, why would I want to be the guy who tells you how to tune a ukulele? Like, it's not hard to tune a ukulele. Or to string a ukulele. I looked up how to string a ukulele because I got all these ukuleles. And I had to restring them. And it's not that, it's not that simple. Stringing a guitar that's like a modern built guitar with like, like an electric guitar. That's easy. But with the ukuleles, you got to actually like tie knots at the bottom of the thing. So it clings on for dear life to this wooden bridge and it just held on by these pins that just pop over the string and they hold the string with friction these little pins these plastic pins on the bridge they just poke through holes and they hold the string with huge amount of force with friction so as you're winding the thing tightening it up to the high e it's gonna pop off if it's if it's an old instrument that's what happened with this thing right behind me the the high the e string i was tuning it and the the pin just kept flop just kept popping off and flying across the room it's like the knot was not the knot was big big enough to hold on to it it's the problem is there's not enough friction because it's old so that's why you shouldn't really buy an old instrument if you plan on using it anyway but I got it. I solved the problem by tuning it down a semitone so it's not fully, it's not at concert, it's not at the standard tuning for that instrument. It's supposed to be like a guitar. It's supposed to be the top four strings of a guitar. Okay, this is boring. But the point is, the point is, that was a, that took like a long time, man. I think I'd put like an hour into just tuning that thing and, and stringing it with the tuning, with the, there's another thing. Okay, I guess I could talk about this for a lot longer, and this is really not what this podcast is about. This podcast is not about the monotonous, the struggle of tuning an old ukulele that nobody cares about. It's not even like the kind that most people have. It's the kind that has friction tuners as well. Back before gears were invented, they just used friction to hold the tuning pegs in place. So to keep the thing in tune, you just have to screw this screw into the back of the tuning peg and just hope that it stays. And then if it goes out of tune, you have to unscrew it and make your pitch adjustment, then tighten it again all the way. So you need a screwdriver near you and it goes out of tune. But if you have it at a lower than standard tuning like I do, I have it a semitone down so it's instead of a, a, a d it's 
It's at D flat. And all the strings are exact. It still sounds the same. It's in tune with itself, but all the strings are two and a half a pitch down. So one pitch down, half a tone, or no, half a step down. Tone, it is one tone down. There's only 12 tones in the universe. And that's racist to microtonality cultures that believe in that. But uh, that's my reaction whenever someone calls me racist. I just go, is it, is it down, is it down? That's my reaction. I just go like that, like Wario. I look with this mustache, with this evil mustache and, and mullet. I, I just have a natural look about me that's like, like, it's like, you think I'm going to defend myself when somebody calls me that? I'm going to be and you could get out of any, any accusation with that phrase. Well, with that attitude, it's about the, the way that you deliver. You got to look like you really don't give a crap. You can't show fear. You can't show, you don't even act like you're on trial. Like, it's like with cops. But anyway, forget that. We're not talking about that right now. That's for later in the sode. It's very early in the sode right now. So anyway, the ukulele, you gotta hope that it stays in tune. It's in tune with itself. It's a, it's a cool sounding. I like it because it only has four strings. And so it's easy. You know, anybody could literally. If you don't know, if you can't teach yourself how to play that thing, you're dumb because it's like the easiest uh, form of stringed instrument, pretty much, to play. You know, like, and it's so like it has wide frets, so it's not like a tiny soprano ukulele. Anyway, it's enough ukulele talk. I got to talk about ukuleles the whole time, but this is not that type of channel. That's what the episode's about. Every episode, I kind of talk about different things, and sometimes I bring it back. But like, this is a very like, you know, I don't know. See, is it is it though? Is it esoteric? That's how you, that's what you, that's how you get out of that. If somebody tells you that you're, if somebody accuses you of being esoteric, just be like, is it though? That takes a lot of work go, going like that. Like I'm not. I'm not on trial here, so like nobody's like forcing me to like make that noise. You know, I gotta conserve my energy for when I am on trial. If somebody says, "Hey, man, did you? Where were you at this time? Where were you on the night of the 14th, June of 1998?" I was like, "Was I? No, that's a." Was is it not? No, that doesn't make sense. You can't get out of that type of question. You can't get out of a where question. You can only get out of a what question. You could be like, are you like? You could be like, like what are you? No, it's like a is or is not question. You know. So if somebody says, are you, are you gay? You could be, is it though? I don't know. It only works with is it though. I don't want to be like. Am I? Because it's not doesn't roll off the tongue. So let's go back. Let's let's go back a few notches. So the guitar and the ukulele. So the reason I'm into ukuleles is because you could play these things without moving, like without doing anything. It's the easiest type of guitar to play. It's a guitar. I mean, 
I don't really mince words. Like, I do mince words. I'm doing it right now. I'm kind of using the wrong word for something. So I guess it is kind of what mincing words... I am mincing words, so I do mince words. And I'm going... I'm kind of standing on the hillside that says, you know what? Am I going to die on this hill? I don't know, but... But a ukulele, let's, it's a guitar. It's just a smaller guitar with less strings. Fewer strings. To be correct grammatically, which we try to be as much as possible. We don't purposely go out of grant. We don't, we only do it accidentally. Okay. Let's stay at one time. I have ADHD and that's why I'm like this, and yes, that is an excuse, and that's why I brought it up. I, w- I mean, is that is that a not valid excuse for why I'm kind of going all over the place? Yeah. So I'm going to use that card anytime, and oh, everybody else is doing that too? Well, they're not, they're not my problem. It's like autism. Everybody has autism, and that's their excuse for why they're ac- awkward and can't look people in the, like, you know, any excuse that would be used for. Yeah, I don't care. I'm a millennial. I, I, I use excuses to excuse myself for what I'm not carrying my weight that I'm going to continue to do that because I'm a millennial. I was alive during the millennium. I remember 9-11. I was not old enough to care, you know. I was like... You know, not old enough to care about the gravity of the situation. Now I am. Now I watch back news footage about it and I go, holy crap, this is a big deal. But even the news people were very nonchalant. Like, if you watch the Katie Kirk, she had no soul. Like, when she was talking, (laughs) I don't know if she was just being a professional. Like, because obviously she is. You have to be kind of soulless to be that professional of a newscaster, but the way she was talking about this thing, she was very, she was like, well, we're going to go back and see if anything happened. Okay. Well, we're just getting word that a plane also hit the Pentagon. Okay. So we're going to go to you. How are you up? Oh, I'm sorry to cut you. Yeah. Well, this will be a historic day. Oh, and the stock market is closed, by the way. We know that y'all care about that way more than these stupid buildings. The stock market is closed today, and oh, George Bush, he's at a school. I guess that'll be, anyway, it's just the way she was talking about, very, like, non-emotional. She seemed like it didn't really, like, she didn't have, like, the, she wasn't, like, in shock. But that's the skill you need to have as a female newscaster, because if you're, like, most women are emotional. So, like, that goes to show she's very anti-woman on top of being a soak. A psychopath. I was going to say sociopath, and I was going to say psychopath, and I combined them. So anyway, back to what I was talking about. The ukuleles, they're guitars. Ukulele is just a pretentious way to say small guitar. Somebody hands you a ukulele, and you were expecting a guitar, and you complain. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I gave you something that's easier to play. You're going to complain. Like if Steve Vai is at your party and you ask him to play guitar. He's like, yeah, sure. And he sits down, and he doesn't have his. So you go, so yeah, you gotta get, yeah, give me a guitar. And you go to your back room, and you come out with a ukulele, and you give it to Steve Vai. What is he going to come? He's going to be like, oh, I can't play this. 
it doesn't have one of those holes in it that you could carry it with for some reason. That's my signature Ibanez. For some reason, my signature Ibanez is, is, is that one with the hole that you could put your fingers through, which is the most weird-looking guitar. It's kind of cool that it has a hole in it, but it's like, why, where are you going? They got to hold it. Like, like you got to carry your guitar through. You got to put your finger holes. You got to put your... Yes, finger hole. What kind of... What is it, a bowling ball? What kind of guitar has finger holes going all the way through the thing? Like, but anyway, that, but Steve Vai is like, what is this? What, he's going to get mad? It's a ukulele. Yeah, but it has strings on it, and it has frets. You could play chords. You could solo on it. We can complain. Oh, it's nylon. Sorry, it's not made out of silver. Anyway, so the point I bring it up, the reason I bring this up, is because I'm very into guitars, but not the part where you actually have to sit down and hold them on your lap. Because they're heavy and they're big and, and kind of awkward. I got this electric one and it's heavy as hell. And I haven't played it in like a year. And I got it on my lap, and it's like this thing is how he- this is how heavy these things are. That's so unnecessary. They're unnecessarily heavy. So I get maybe why he likes the one with the hole in the middle of the thing, because it takes some weight off of it. And like in practicality, if you're actually a good guitarist, who wants to lug around a thirty-pound piece of furniture? So that's why I like Ooks. Because they weigh like they're nothing. They're they're so light that you feel like you can just snap it in half. And you can. They're very easy to destroy. You know, acoustic guitars. Some of those are heavy too, and they're bulky. So I don't even like. I don't like acoustics. Those are unless they're the very old-fashioned kind that weigh nothing. The super lightweight kind that were made back in the day when they knew how to make stuff, and they just add unnecessary weight to the headstock. Like the headstocks, like. It's not balanced, you know? So anyway, ooh, <clears throat> that's why I like ukuleles, because I like guitar. I like playing guitar, but I don't like playing guitar. I want it to be like this, not like this. You know, like, oh, oh that's too much work. I like just this, you know, this. So, and it's the same, you know, it sounds horrible. It doesn't sound anywhere near as good as a guitar. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like, like, ugh, it's like shrill. It's a very shrill, you know, but it's just fun to play just for the purpose of, like, practice. Like, it's a good songwriting tool if you're just, like, for jamming. It's a good way to think of, like, what chords sound cool together. And then you could play it on anything. You play a guitar, harpsichord, piano. Piano is probably the laziest instrument because you really, you just reach out, boom. You just reach out your hand, boom, that's the chord I want. Oh, and then you move a couple centimeters to the left, boom, totally different chord. I'll just move a couple centimeters. But you do have to kind of get out of bed to play piano. It's hard to play piano from in bed, you know, because you got to reach your arm. Ukulele, you can you just play in bed. So any instrument that you can't play in bed is out for me. Uh, there's some, there's many others that you can play in bed. You can play recorder, you know, pan flute. So anyway, I like ukuleles because of what I just said. And I don't know why. I guess I could just move on. So I had to tune them, and that's what I can't. That's, they're very difficult to tune the older they are. 
So don't get old ones unless you you like to collect them, and because they look cool. But anyway, in guns, I like collecting guns. So basically, the reason I bring that up is because if you try to rob me, because um, I just mentioned how I have these ukulele. If you try to rob me, I also have a big gun collection, and they're always loaded and near me at all times. So I could just kill people. Like it's like it, basically. You're asking to get shot, and I never leave the house. I'm here 24-7, you know, and I have a good alarm system that it arms me. It's always armed, and it tells me, hey, get armed if you're not armed. Like, I'm always somewhat armed. In the shower, that's when it gets difficult. Like, I got a shower holster, so there's always, like, a gun in the shower. I never have to, like, open the curtain to arm myself there's always like obviously i got a shower holster but that's when it gets awkward because i'll be it might get a little slippery so that's why i also make sure to have a lightweight gun that's not gonna like shift my weight as i'm running it's a balanced weapon same with the instruments that i'm talking about they're very balanced and lightweight and they're always loaded, and I'm just waiting for the, for a reason to kill somebody, legally. Like everybody, most people are who have guns in their home for home defense. They they kind of fantasize about when they're gonna finally get to show somebody who's boss. Thank God I live in a place that uh, guns are common. You know, man, guns are common. But I did see that we all saw this video. Of uh, ukulele, not ukuleles, but somebody shooting a guy with a ukulele. No, there's nothing to do with ukuleles. I just wanted to see if I could connect. The, there's no connection. I don't have a family to defend. I have ukuleles to defend. So anyway, we all saw this viral video of this guy in Dallas who did successfully uh, shoot at a would-be burglar. But they didn't hit the guy. And the guy shot back too. So like. It's not that easy man. Even if you are armed and ready to kill a burglar. And. It's like the perfect opportunity. Like you you have checked all the boxes. Like you know it's a burglar. Because they're kicking down your door. Or trying to. And you're armed. and Like that's like a lot of. You got to be in the right place for that. So anyway. They didn't even kill. They didn't even get to kill the guy. They didn't even get to have the satisfaction of like at least maiming him. Like I don't need to kill somebody. Like killing somebody because once they're dead, it's like okay. Now they don't know. There's nothing. The, the lesson is over. They didn't learn anything because they already died. I like to keep people alive, but maimed. You know, because then they get to feel the lesson for the for a long time not just for five seconds it's like okay whoopee you killed somebody no i want them to learn a lesson but anyway we all we all saw that video and that happened in in texas and but it happened in an apartment complex and maybe people think that oh these are liberals that live in apartments but not that apartment complex and you got but also they thought they were not home they baited the burglar, and I think that could hold up in court as a defense on the burglar and an offense on the guy. So like that's a suitable. 
that's grounds for like a lawsuit because they said they weren't home. So I wouldn't have robbed you if you didn't say you weren't home. So you kind of lured me in. You kind of like anybody would break in if they found out you weren't. I was literally just surveying to see if you needed a filter change in your AC. So you can't say that that's not a valid reason to kick the door down. Anybody would kick a door down if they find it's not it's like. So anyway, that's stupid that that he said that he wasn't home. But then they would have probably tried again another day. So I don't know. That sucks. If somebody is uh, casing you for a burglary, what do you like? Eventually, something's gonna happen. Either they're gonna try to break in, or they're gonna give up. For some reason, no, they're not gonna give up. They're gonna be like, okay. Wait for a time. If they decide it's a good target, it's a matter of time before they before they try to break it. So you got so they're gonna find out. They're gonna try to check if they're home or not. So what do you do if if you hear them pounding or or just knocking or whatever? What do you do? Just let it go, or do you tell them you're not home, or do you just wait for them to? try to do so i don't know i think the best course of action because i you know i'm i'm in the position where i I, of course if i get like luck hopefully someday i'll be in this position where i get to decide uh what i'm gonna do like how to kill like when to defend myself you know or how to go about it you know because like what do they what do they say is there like a law is there like a rule of thumb Shoot first to ask questions later. Because some people say, okay, just get a shotgun and then pull the rack to make that sound, to scare them away with the sound of the rack. I don't know if they're really going to hear it, though, because it's not that loud to go through the door. So if that doesn't work, also, you can only do that after you've done, sh- if, after you've shot one. Racking a shotgun, all that does is remove the 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 case that's in there. It doesn't load it. It doesn't like arm. It's already armed. Like you put the thing in there. Okay, I don't know how shotguns work. I don't know. I haven't. I've never fired a shotgun, but I know that um, racking it is not necessary. You could just put it right into the chamber. Racking it just removes the spent one. Or no, does it fly out? Yeah, I don't know how shotguns work or pump-action shotguns work. I think it does chamber the next round, but in shooting it expels the case. Yeah, I guess I don't know, but I, I'll find out. I mean, I know how to shoot one. I know that you put it, like... Okay, I'm wrong. Pulling the, pumping it does chamber the next round, but if there's one already in there, you've just wasted a round. I think, I don't know. So anyway, I think it's better to just shoot first, and then also, would it go through the door? Probably, like, it's got to be very powerful of a weapon. If it's birdshot, it's not going to go through the door. If you're using a slug, that'll probably put a huge hole in the door. If you're using, uh, like, double lot, whatever, uh, I forgot what it's called just double lot something or other which is meant is good for home defense that's like pretty big 
balls of steel, but not a slug. A slug is if you just completely want to destroy somebody and kill them in a very violent, like like blow a huge hole in their head. If you just want to kill them, but not in a way that's going to leave them in two pieces, you just use this uh, buckeye that I have ready to go at all times. So anyway, I know how to shoot somebody. Like, that's easy. It's easier than stringing a guitar. So anyway, I th- what else? Why did I bring this? So anyway, if someone was like banging on my door, I don't even know if I would respond because then they would know where I'm at in the house. Like if they're already trying to break in, the problem is you got to make sure it's not the police. So that's why you need a good camera system. So, okay, let's say I see it on camera. I know it's not a uh, cop, at least not one in uniform. And they're about to break in. Yeah, I would just shoot through the door a bunch of times until I run out of ammo or the threat stops. But you gotta make sure that it's like a criminal. I don't know, it's usually, it'd probably be a criminal. Like if they're like actually trying to like break in. Or if they just come through the window, which would be a lot easier. I don't know why they'll break through the door. Like, just break a window. It's nothing. I'd be like, yeah, you're dead. Like, that's like, I hate to say it, but like, you could make threats. But, like, why would they be unarmed, too? They'd be so dumb of them to just be unarmed. So, you gotta assume that they're armed. So, if you add that to the mathematical equation, you're in the right to just kind of use deadly force. The second somebody breaches your property uh, premise, yeah, when they enter the premises and they don't look like a innocent party and not a police officer, even if they are a police, that's on them for not announcing themselves. So you're kind of in the right to just use deadly force. So anyway, it's all something we fantasize about, but I don't know if I am looking for forward to it happen like right now i'm not i don't want to do that it would make good for a pod It'd be great for the pod but uh you want to you don't want to like lure it in lure people in by saying you're not home anyway but we're in desperate times the economy is in desperate times so like there's a lot of people that are desperate for wealth and high value items to get into their livelihood so, or, so they could sell it in have a better quality of life, or just buy drugs. That's the same thing. I mean, better quality of life is always to be on the drugs than to need them and not have them. I feel bad for those people, but also I have zero like empathy for those people. Like 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 homeless people. This is a universal fact about humanity. It's like we don't really have empathy for people that are addicted to drugs and don't have access to the drugs that they're addicted to. And I don't know why that is. It's just something about it. It's like we don't find that like wholesome or like an earnest thing to pay them, to give them free money for. It's like, so that's why you always ask homeless people, it's like, you're not going to use it for drugs. It's like, yeah, they, they, they are. I mean, then don't give homeless people money if you're worried about that because it's kind of why they're homeless. It's like, or they just have schizophrenia or some other mental illness. And I don't really buy that. I mean, 
I guess there's a cohort of homeless people that are just mentally ill, like no drugs. And I don't, you might as well do the drugs. Like you're already seen as an equal to those people. You might as well join them, right? I mean, also your quality of life will go up dramatically. If you have schizophrenia, you might as well take heroin because it'll calm the voices it, like you don't want to take meth if you have schizophrenia i don't think meth or speed or any stimulant it's gonna only be meth right i mean what stimulants are homeless people doing besides meth like because everything else is expensive man all the good stimulants are expensive meth is very cheap Nobody ever complains about like the cost of meth. It's the uh, it's the consequences that they complain about. No one's ever says, "Oh man, I spent fifty grand on meth this month." Like, well, you mean I'm a meth operation? Like, did you go in business with a cartel? Did you start your own supply chain for the whole state of Oklahoma? Because that's a lot of... That's like enough for like a freaking lifespan. 50K of meth. I don't get how Walter White made any money selling meth. It's like the most abundant drug that is so easy to get. And it lasts forever. You buy like a bathtub full. You you buy it by the tote. You don't buy it by the uh, gram. Oh, I got a gram. How much for a key of meth? No, you buy it by the tub. You buy it by like at least the kilo. Who just has a couple of rocks of meth? It's like pocket change. I mean, it would last a while too. That's the thing. It's, a, it's the most cost-efficient drug. That's not the problem. It's the consequences that it gets you. It, it just makes you thirsty because you for you know, it gives you dry mouth and. You tend to lose your job because who wants to work a job when you're on meth? Some jobs I'm sure you could do perfectly fine on meth. I have no problem with people that work a steady job in like a uh, a craft, like maybe they fix cars while completely souped up on meth. As long as they do a good job and don't forget. Anything important while fix Hey, I don't got a problem with meth. Meth is probably the least harmful drug, to th- now that I think about it. All it does is make you stay up a long time and get into a bunch of degenerate, like it makes you want to jerk off a lot and stay in seedy places with seedy people. But what else? What's the problem? It makes you more talkative, makes you more able to move around and lift heavy objects. Like, yeah, so I don't really see a problem. And it lasts forever? So I don't really see a problem with it. There's worse drugs. Like crack. Okay, that's the one I should have said. That's the one that is not that cheap. And they do it on the street, though. So, like, that sucks. I don't know how much it costs, but it's cocaine. So that means it probably costs a lot because it only lasts about 5 to 10 minutes. So you're screwed if you're a crackhead. So you, sh- you should switch to meth. But everybody's drug of choice is different. You can't just slowly, you can't just change overnight. Okay, I guess I'll switch to meth. 
Because that's stigmatized more than crack. Like, crack is a cool drug because it's uh, more popularized in the in the hip-hop community. And, uh, and by that, I just mean black people. There's not actually any, like, hip-hop about crack at all. But I just, I'm just trying to uh, dance around what I really want to say is that it's a black drug. You know, there's some white people that do it, and we all think they're kind of cool. Because compared to meth, because of the association with blacks, so we think so. There's a stigma to switching to meth. Like if you're a cool black guy that is known for being a crackhead, and all of, and like all of a sudden you're smoking meth, people are gonna look down on you. If you're a meth head that graduates to crack, you're a pimp. You must be. That's an upgrade. Like now you're like. You must be, like, very successful selling products, like human trafficking or sex trafficking. You must have a really good handle on that if you could afford crack. So anyway, and I, I don't know. And then sex trafficking is a very, like, people talk bad about it for some reason, even though pimps were all the bang. Were all the, all the, everybody wanted to be a pimp. In the 2000s, what happened to that? I guess sex trafficking became unpopular because it became like a thing that rich people were doing. So it's no longer cool. But back in the day, I remember. Like, pimp was used as like a term in rap music. Like, big pimping. That was seen as like a cool thing to do, was to be a pimp. But now it's like, Oh, you're a you're a sex trafficker. That's a, that's not as cool of a term for it. And and there's nothing wrong with sex trafficking as long as it's not like forced sex trafficking, like the Andrew Tate style. Andrew Tate's form of sex trafficking, which we all heard the the news about, is that he's a sex trafficker. And once that label is thrown upon you by New York Times or some credible news outfit. It's over. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Who cares? He's a, he's the worst. He's like not a pimp. He's like the guy that does it by putting a gun to their head or saying that they're going to kill their family if they have a family. You know, they make threats to force them into sex. That's the uncool kind, the kind that Andrew Tate, as we all know for a fact, does. Despite the lack of evidence, like, I don't know, not to defend Andrew Tate, but, like, there's no, I, I, it's just, like, what he was accused of by, I don't know who even accused him. That's how, like, you gotta dig, even to just find that information, you gotta, like, dig deep. But, like, it's what we've all heard about him. It's what all the left-wing YouTubers say. It's, like, what all these people that don't like him say about So, therefore, it's true. And it doesn't even matter at this point because he's already been accused of it. So anyway, he's not a pimp. He's the bad kind. I'm talking about the good kind of sex trafficking. Like, what's... Oh, you hurt? Like, whoa. You don't even have to, like, use the defense mechanism. You don't have to be like, Is it? Is it sex trafficking? Oh, I'm a sex trafficker. Oh, am I? Is it? Is it sex trafficking? You don't even have to do that. You can just be like, well, and? You'd be like, mind your own. You don't even have to respond. You just be like, 
You just like give him a weird look. Like, even that is a lot. You could just be like, like barely look at them and then move on with your day. You know, like if you're forced to be around these people that are accusing you of sex trafficking, why even respond? Just be like, okay, I'm not criticizing whatever. I don't even know you. I don't care what you do for a living. And if you like, just say like, even if the like, at most, just say yeah. And I'm not Jeffrey Epstein. Like, I'm not doing the bad kind. I'm doing the volunteer kind of sex. They signed up. It's it's a very exclusive firm. Like my firm or fashion line of sex, like whatever you call it. My outfit is very hard to get into. It's like a, it's like a what do you call? It? It's like a, a improv group. It's like a, being in being passed at an improv school to be like on the main stage of Second City. It's very hard to get into my sex trafficking business agency. So, you know, yeah, we don't even take applications most of the time. You gotta like audition. You know, like we usually go to you. You'll hear from us. We don't even li- we don't even have a phone number. You know, like we have a phone number, but like all you'll you'll get is like you'll get hung up on basically if you ask for an application to just be in my sex work agency. It's insane. The word traffic is what kind of gets people on edge. Traffic, because that's like now like a hot button terminology for you know human trafficking, and that's the difference. Is like we're not human trafficking we're selling sex yeah there's you know we're not selling people at their against their will yeah we're selling time with those people but they choose when to clock in don't force them you know sometimes we pressure them to take on more work we pressure you know we give them bonuses for going with uglier uglier guys you know uggos Obviously, we give them, like, paid bonuses if they fuck super ugly men. And we give them, like, holiday bonuses. But that is not the same as what Epstein did. So I don't even, I'm not even in the same prison cell as him. I wouldn't even be... I would be looked at as, like, an angel. Compa- like, I'm, it's not even a, that illegal. You know? We... Uh, <laughs> And there's not even any stigma anymore. As long as you know that that's what it is. Yeah, I'm the leader of a sex work agency. I'm not a pimp. Like, yeah, I am a yeah. Technically, I'm a pimp, but I'm not like the stereotypical like, oh, I'm gonna slap that hoe. You know, like I very I don't think I've ever even thought of like slapping a hoe. You know, like obviously I've got like I've I've gotten in like somewhat dicey situations with them, but it's usually me just like, because def- some of them could be pretty uh, danger- like dangerous women when they're on meth. We don't work with those anymore. Like you gotta, you gotta only be on crack these days to work with me. You gotta be on like expensive drugs that you can't just run out in two seconds. That you, like, like meth, you're always gonna be on meth because you never run out. But these high-class women on, on crack, 
they need a lot of income to afford that habit because that habit costs like, jeez, could cost like up to high four figures a day. We're talking like seven thousand dollars in one day if you really enjoy it. So I don't look down on that at all. I mean, I, and I'm supplying good money to these women because they fuck the ugliest men. They fucked it. Do I gotta say it again? Uh, they fucked the ugliest man. The ones that I employ. Sex trafficking is just a nasty word for providing a high quality service to men that need sex. They need quality time with beautiful women. I also employ men for for men, not for women. Women don't go to whores. Women don't go to whores. And the ones that do, most of them will just take a woman because it's like, yeah, I'd rather fuck a... a for There's very few gay... There's very few non-gay clientele, is what I'm saying, that fuck... That hire the, uh, the male prostitutes. Okay? I'm just being honest. So, the prostitutes are not all gay. They don't certainly identify as... They do gay stuff. But they don't all identify as gay. See, I'm very, like, into the current politically correct way of talking about these things. They do gay stuff, but they don't identify as gay. Like, you could be a straight boy, and you could easily... Do gay stuff. And go to bed at night and fantasize about tits. You'll never fantasize about men. and So you won't be gay, but you could do gay. Other people will be like, oh, this is the gayest guy I've ever seen. Look at him sucking all those dicks. That's not what gay means. That's just being, that's just doing gay stuff. Yeah, by definition... It's kind of gay to have sex with men, but that doesn't mean you're gay off the clock when you're not doing those acts. Yeah, it's a gay action, but an action, that's not a person. The people that are doing those gay things are not all gay. Gay is in the heart. It's what you go to bed fantasizing about. It's what you jerk off to. It's what you want to fall in love with it's what you you know so anyway so i'm very progressive i don't like to call myself progressive but because it's a very like toot your own horn it's a very like you know oh i'm so like but i like to keep up to date on the correct way of terming these things because like you know i'm not trying to offend people by talking about this uh business model in this legitimate business because i don't do it illegally you know i do it in nevada do it in Nevada, where it's completely legal to own and operate. Hopefully not just own. I want to operate it too. A brothel. And so it's very, like, like, I don't want to make it sound easy because it's not easy to run a brothel. The cleaning, that part's just not that hard, actually. Like, you know. The maids of the brothel, that's the problem, is the maids, some of them are pretty hot. But I can't force them to be prostitutes because that would be like, 
bad, the bad kind of human trafficking. That would be like the the naughty kind that you hear about on the news. Now, we can't force the maids to partake in that part of the operation. They're not part of the operation. They're just hired guns to clean the mess that was made by the sex traffickers. They're just, you know, they're just kind of like a third party. They're not like on payroll. You know, we use a we use a third party service. So they're not even under the banner of what we do. They come and go. I'm just saying that some of them are pretty good looking. Some of them were human trafficked and they are escaping that by being made. That's why they're hot. See, this is where it gets very like uh controversial. It's like some of these women that are here over the that came uh, from Mexico are like pretty attractive doing hard labor because they are staying on the radar to avoid being human trafficked get it but then they meet somebody who's uh who they, they in two yeah, it only takes a couple of weeks for them to meet a gentile an american man who's like oh you're too hot you're hot enough to not do hard labor so it only lasts a couple months, but that's how you know that there's something going on. If there's a hot maid in her 20s or 30s, they're obviously escaping the cartels. So I don't, I don't, that's none of my business. I, I have no dealings or connections with uh, the cartels. Anyway... And that's something I, I I I mean if somebody accuses me of that, that is completely out of left feet. That is completely like out of line. Well, when it comes to sex trafficking, sure that cart that's sort of a cartel, right? And I'm into that a very that in Vegas where it's legal, not Vegas. Okay, Reno. If you really want to know, because Reno is like the little brother of Vegas, and it's very underrated. Not just in the sex trafficking and the everything else that is, you go there to do, but the weather is actually like perfect there year round. Like it's it gets as hot as like eighties maybe in the summer, and then it gets cool at night. And so you you're never really complaining about the weather in Reno. It doesn't get that hot. You think oh it's Nevada it gets super hot? No, it's North Nevada. It gets actually pretty cold up there. But not super cold. You know, yeah, it's always just like, okay, I'll, I'm going to wear a hoodie. I'm going to wear like a light jacket at night. So that's why I like it. You know, we decided we, we in my brothel, it's pretty much exactly how you'd picture it. It's, it's old. It kind of looks like an like an old haunted house. Like, like it's very creaky. Like it's just like a two-story Victorian style house. Exactly what you're picturing when you picture my brothel. And, you know, we take walk-ins, but to be working at the brothel, that's super exclusive. To work in the agency that I'm talking, like, I have more than just the brothel. I have the agency, too. That's, like, that's even bigger than the operation that I'm talking about. The brothel is, like, a cute little mom-and-pop operation. The agency is way bigger than Nevada. I can't go into details because then I might incriminate myself. But the agency, let's just say, goes a little more than just one little... Yeah. So anyway, 
You can't get into that sex trafficking outfit unless you're hot, unless you're natural, and and uh, willing to fuck really ugly dudes, and don't complain about it to them. To them, you could complain about it off the clock, but obviously, no client unless they're into that wants to be told that they have an ugly dick. And uh, you will, you know, we they, so we take walk-ins. I don't know why, why. Okay, do I have to keep talking about this? Can we move on? So anyway, I'm too old for shirts, for T-shirts. Like I'm still, I'm not too old for shirts. I'm too old for T-shirts. So I'm starting, that's why I'm wearing like a nice button collar, which is wrinkly. I'm not old enough to start learning how to iron yet, but I am old enough to stop wearing T-shirts because it doesn't go with the mullet. Like, this is a very Western-style look that I'm going for with the handlebar mustache and soul patch. So I, I'm trying to get more Western shirts, and I, I looked up black Western shirts, but not the crazy kind with the laces all over with the super contrasting tones. No, I like a simple collared button-down with uh, a little bit a flare, a little bit of embroidery on the side. Just two symmetrical, iconic little things on the side. And they didn't have many options, so I was very... I found two that I like, but they're only in large, not my size. So I was... And I, I scoured the internet, and there's only one store that had that, and they're, they don't, they're not made anymore. I was like, how hard is it to find a Western shirt in that style, like apparently, it's pretty hard to find unless maybe I go on. So that's a very boring topic to end on. Why am I talking about real life? So anyway, we'll we'll end on this. You know, who cares? SBF, one of my heroes. You know, that's a is he a hero? He's a hero in terms of CEOs of companies that made him a lot of that. You know, he's a billionaire. He was a billionaire under the age of 30. Now, since I last talked about him, he's in jail. I thought he wasn't going to go to jail again because, you know, he's a billionaire. Why would a billionaire go to jail if they didn't rob other billionaires? He didn't. He, he robbed, you know, random people. Who cares? Who weren't powerful enough to actually go after him. But he's in jail for some reason. I also heard that he, you know, he doesn't have access to his billions anymore. They took it away. They froze his assets, and that hurts to go from being a decibillionaire, like somebody worth more than ten billion, <laughs> to being worth. He said in his bank account, I don't even know how he has access to even a bank account, but he he said, I guess before he was in jail, he had a hundred thousand dollars in his bank account, and that's it. Can you imagine going from having ten billion to only a hundred thousand? So he must be the most depressed person on the planet. So I don't have any sympathy for people that don't have sympathy for him. People that talk about how he deserves what he is going through and is a criminal and should be in jail forever. Yeah, I think he's paid a big enough price by just giving up the money. I think that's a big enough punishment. He'll never do anything wrong again. 
you know, maybe, I mean, he probably will, but, like, not anything that will get, he'll, hopefully he won't get caught, I don't know, I just think to go from a billion to a hundred thousand is the worst punishment you could put somebody through, even worse than, like, death, by far, it's worse than, it's worse than, like, solitary confinement, even, so that would just be, like, like, who cares, like, because he's never going to get that back. He's never going to go from 100k to 10 billion because he's already had it. So the only way to get it back would be to do something even more illegal. Because he's already probably going to be banned. Like, I don't know, if he's a felon. I just feel really bad for the guy because if I lost that much money, I would feel worse than poor. If you're poor and you've never been rich, that's way not as bad as being rich and now being poor. And 100K, that's poor. Relative to 10 billion, 100K is poor. Because the lifestyle creep. Now he can barely afford a car and a house. He can't even afford those two things. Can't even afford like a down payment on a car and a house. Maybe one or the other. He could afford to lease a car and to rent an apartment for a few months. I feel really... So that's poor. I'm sorry. That's just... That's like worse than being a dirt... Living on a dirt floor in a... In a dirt floor house in sub-Saharan Africa. You know? In the middle of the Congo. With bonobos. That's worse than that. Relatively worse. Because... That's all they know. If you're born there, that's all you know. If you're born in wherever he was born, and you're like this huge, rich guy. So not enough people see it from that angle, and so that's why I brought it up, is because I see things clearly. Because no, not because I'm, not, I'm not anything like him. I've never run an illegal business. You know, I've never scammed people to that degree. It's in the billions. I've only scammed people in like the... Hundreds. I don't even think I've done... I don't think I've scammed people. Anyway. So he shouldn't go to jail. Andrew Tate went to jail. He had a great time in jail, it seemed like. He smoked a bunch of cigarettes. He lifted weights. And that's pretty much all that happened in the past month since I last did this. You know, Biden... Somebody wants to impeach him, and they tried to put out news. To they told the media conglomerate, they told the you know the media machine to try to make it sound bad. And then Hunter Biden got indicted for a gun charge, a couple gun charges. And like, how about he just got charged? Why does it have to just be indicted? I mean, can't we skip to just the charge? It's not like a major white collar crime here. We're not talking like a political crime. Why is it to be? Why would you use these fancy words? Just say he got charged. I don't get. I don't get it. But anyway, that was a good episode. This is the end of the episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any thoughts or prayers, send them to the nearest hole in the wall, and then uh, caulk it up and uh, chalk it up to fantasy because I don't want to hear it. No, just kidding. Thanks for watching. Have a good peace of the week. Have a good rest of the week, y'all. Peace in the Middle East.